This is episode 112 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are Blast from the Past, eBooks or Printed Media, which is best for a survival library, all about urinary tract infections, and a fun one, toilet paper, everything you wanted to know. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, let's go ahead and jump right in today and get started. Our first article comes to us from American Preppers Online. And uh, it's, you know, one of those, one of those uh, questions that you get, uh, you know, should you save uh, your books on, uh, you know, have an electronic copy or should you buy a hard copy of it? And so there's a lot of different pros and cons to it. Let's go ahead and see what American Preppers Online says, what Sarge says over there. All right, here we go. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. Today I have a blast from the past for you, and I would really like to hear your thoughts on it. Ebooks or printed media? This is a subject that seems to come up a lot, especially with new preppers. They want to build a survival library, but are not sure where to start or which type is the best. In this article, we will look at the pros and cons of each and discuss which is better and why. Grab a cup of coffee, my friend, and have a seat while we visit. Electronic. Most people nowadays have laptops or tablets around the house, and they can usually be purchased for very little if you do not get the top of the line. There are, only, there are also many ebooks formats available and applications for reading them. I personally have two favorites, Kindle and PDF, as these seem to be the two most popular formats. There is an amazingly large amount of survival books available for little or no cost on the internet. I actually have over 200 books on Kindle and probably just as many on PDF. This has allowed me to amass a large amount of information on survival techniques as well as self-defense and tactical. Now let's take a look at the pros and cons of ebooks. The cons. The computer. You need a tablet or a computer or some type to be able to read them. This also means that you will need a way to charge the device and in an SHTF situation that may be hard to come by. Compatibility. Another drawback is that you may not have access to the application needed to read a particular format. There are quite a few out there. Weather. Another concern is that if you are working outside, you could have problems seeing the screen, or if the weather is bad, then you could ruin your device if it were to get wet. Then breakage. Something else to consider if that is that if you were to drop the device or ruin it, you would lose your entire library of books. The pros. Cost. Cost is, a big, is the biggest in my mind. There are many free and low-cost books available online. Availability. Of books on the internet, there are literally thousands of books available. Space is always a key concern when prepping. You can literally store thousands of books on a thumb drive or on your device. Sharing is also very important. If you are part of a group, more than one person may need to have access to a book at the same time. Many are now DMR free, so sharing is easy. Printing. You can also print many ebooks for use later, provided you have access to a printer and the author allows it. Note, if you do decide to use ebooks, then I would suggest that you make multiple copies and store them on thumb drives in a safe place such as a Faraday cage. I keep one thumb drive in my preps, one at my house, 
one in my bug out bag, and one around my neck at all times. In this way, when something happens, I'm sure to have one available. The ones I keep in my bags and at my house are stored in mylar bags and folded multiple times just as an extra precaution. Don't forget to update them each month or so, or I'm sorry, don't forget to update them each month so they all contain the same information. Paper. Many of us have collected a vast number of paperback books over the years. There is something special about paper books, paper books when you touch them. It's almost like you can feel the knowledge oozing from the book and the feeling of excitement that you feel as a child about to begin a wonderful journey. They are magical and it is something that ebooks just can't duplicate. I love them. Unfortunately, they too have their pros and cons, so let's take a look at these. Or, or take a look at those, sorry. Cons is the weight. First and foremost is their weight. It doesn't take long for it to add up and if you're traveling, it can quickly become a big issue. A large library could be impossible to manage in a bug out situation. Cost. Paper books can be very expensive to buy. They usually cost several times more than the electronic version. A person could spend several thousand dollars on paperback on paper books and still not have all they need. Space. Paperback books can easily take up large amounts of space. In a bug out situation there is very there is very bad as space is a premium. They are very bad as, as space is a premium when you are traveling. Sharing. If more than one person needs the book at the same time, then you have a problem. There is just no way around it unless you pack copies and that would create a whole new set of issues for the above reasons. Weather. If the book gets wet, it could easily be ruined. The pros. Electricity. No need for electricity at all. They are completely self-contained. And breakage. Whether you are in a building or out in the forest, dropping them has no effect unless you drop them in the water. As you can see from the list above, ebooks appear to be the clear winner. However, the final decision is up to you. Personally, I say why not both. As I mentioned before, I have hundreds of books of both types. However, I do make a few distinctions. My paper books are books that will primarily be used outside. Construction, tanning of hides, etc. In other words, books I would need handy while working outside. Other books I include in this group are books that I could not afford to lose, such as first aid and natural remedies. You wouldn't want to be waiting for a laptop to boot up while a friend is bleeding out. Whatever you choose, remember to balance need with weight and space and you will be fine. Something else to consider when selecting your books for your survival library is to include some books for entertainment. Just imagine being stuck indoors in the winter with no internet and nothing but educational books to read. That would make for a very long winter. Well, I hope this article has at least given you something to think about and hopefully a few ideas on preparing your survival library. Please leave your comments below and let me know if you have any more suggestions or thoughts on survival libraries. Until next time, stay safe, stay strong, and stay prepared. God bless America. Sarge. So there are six comments here that you, uh, that you might want to go. Some people have uh, opinions there on, on this one. Uh, a few um, links, one or two in here, one going over to Amazon, uh, I believe, for the looking at the Kindle, um, if I'm not mistaken here. Uh, I think that's a bad link, so hopefully, Sarge, uh, you'll see that and you'll fix that. Um, I, I agree with him that you're, you really need to have both. Um, there are, I totally believe in eBooks, and I have multiple ways of 
uh, you know, opening up an ebook. But um, there are some that I definitely want the hard copy. So you know, I always talk about Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's, uh, you know, medical survival uh, book handbook. Uh, I have that one in a hard copy, and so I definitely want to have that one. There are some uh, wilderness survival skill books that um, that I have, like uh, Dave Canterbury's bushcraft uh, bushcraft books, some of the SAS uh, books. Um, you know, some of those are, are uh, that I have purchased hardback that I wanted hardback. Um, but you know, there are some times when you go to like I don't know if you have a half price books where you are. Uh, but there are some times where you can get a half-price book uh, or a book in preparedness or related to preparedness really, really inexpensively uh, there. Or sometimes even going to a uh, to like a Goodwill or a thrift store, you might find something. Uh, you know, you might just happen upon a bunch of books that you know they they sell for one or two dollars, and uh, you'll get a real good deal on that. And so uh, you know, you kind of have to weigh those out. Uh, again, like I said, I, I'm going to have the Dr. Bones and Ursamey's book. That book is definitely going to be hardback for me. Um, but uh, you just kind of see, you know, where it's at. You might have both of them. Um, it, it's it's amazing how much uh, like a Kindle can hold uh, when you start putting it in there. And and you're right, you know, Sarge is right. There's so many PDFs out there. People have turned. Uh, a lot of books into PDF sometimes illegally they shouldn't have done that uh, but they do make their way around uh, there are books that are out of print there are old Boy Scout handbooks uh, that are out of print but still have a lot of relevant information that you can find uh, out there and so from time to time when though when I come across you know like a library or a list of books I usually post it on prepper website and uh, you know I tag it as free so if you want to go to the tag cloud and go check out free, you might still find uh, some that are available out there. But uh, something definitely to consider, um, having the redundancies with the flash drives, all those kinds of things. Uh, but I, I know that uh, using the, the Kindle is, uh, using a, a Kindle is just so easy to get things on there. And you can load PDFs on there and you can load videos on there as well. Uh, so something to uh, to consider there. Uh, what do you do with your library? You can go chime in over at uh, American Preppers Online. Okay, our next article comes to us uh, again from uh, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is all about urinary tract infections. And you know, sometimes when we think about SHTF, um, we think about you know the big things. We think about pandemics. We think about you know all that kind of stuff. But you know, people are still going to be thinking or dealing with urinary tract infections. People are still going to be dealing with, you know, uh, basic medical issues that can do them in if they don't have, uh, you know, if they're not taken care of. And so this is one of those things that fall into the category. So uh, you might want to hear some of the symptoms and things like that. So it might help you to... Uh, to know what you're dealing with like you know now before the shtf but especially later on down the road what you need to do so again all about urinary tract infections let's go ahead and get started medics in survival scenarios have to deal with major injuries and serious infections sometimes infections aren't serious to begin with but worsen if not treated some of these infections involve the urinary tract Urine directly from the bladder is generally sterile, but most women have experienced a urinary tract infection or UTI at one point or another. 
The areas most commonly contaminated are the bladder, which holds the urine, and the urethra, urethra, the tube that drains the bladder. Although men can also get bladder infections called cystitis, their urethra is much longer and bacteria are much less likely to reach the bladder. If untreated, bladder infections may ascend to the kidneys via tubes called ureters, causing an infection known as pyelonephritis. Once in the kidneys, it can make its way to the bloodstream and lead to shock or worse. Each type of UTI manifests its m in more or less specific signs and symptoms, depending on which part of the urinary tract is infected. Inflammation of the urethra may be caused by E. coli, gonorrhea, herpes, and other bacteria and viruses. Sufferers will feel a burning sensation with urination. Males may also have a urethral discharge, while women with certain sexually transmitted infections may notice a foul discharge from the vagina. Bladder infections are characterized by pelvic pressure, lower abdominal pain, and frequency of urination. Some people may feel an urgent need to go without warning, but notice that the stream of urine is slow to start. The urine itself may be cloudy or red-tinged with blood and have a strong smell. Once the infection reaches the kidneys, other signs and symptoms will become apparent. Fever and chills are common with pain on the flank or the side of your back. Normally, it will be noticeable only on one side by tapping the flank lightly at the level of the lowest rib with the side of a closed fist. This will elicit no response in a healthy patient, but someone with an infection will grimace and flinch. Kidney stones may be mistaken for a kidney infection, as they also cause tenderness in this region. They are, however, less likely to cause fever. Treatment revolves around the vigorous administration of fluids. Lots of water will help flush out the infection by decreasing the concentration of bacteria in the affected organs. Some feel relief with a heating pad or compress in the area of discomfort. Antibiotics are another standard of therapy. The following are commonly used for UTIs, brand names and veterinarian equivalents in parentheses. So this first one is, is that's just the rough one, right? Uh, Sulfamethoxazole trimethoprim. And that's uh, Bactrim, Septra, Bird Sulfa, and Fish Sulfa. Amoxicillin, Amoxyl and Fish Mox. Ampicillin, Fish Cillin, Cephalexin, uh, Keflex and Fishflex, Erythromycin, Zithromax, ZPAC, Aquatic Erythromycin, Doxycycline, Vibramycin, Bird Biotic, and Ciprofloxin, Cipro and Fishflox. Boy. All right. For dosages, days taken, side effects, and warnings, use the search engine on this website for the particular antibiotic. To eliminate the pain that occurs with urination and UTIs, stockpile over-the-counter medications like phenazoprodine, also known as pyridine, uristat, azo, etc. Don't be alarmed if your patient's urine turns a reddish-orange color. It is an effect of the drug and is only temporary. There are a number of natural remedies to treat some, someone with a urinary infection. Vitamin C supplements, for example, are thought to reduce the concentration of bacteria in the urine. Others include garlic or garlic oil, preferably in capsules, echinacea extract or tea, goldenrod tea with vinegar, one to two tablespoons, uva ursi, 
one tablet, and cranberry tablets, one to three pills. Take any one of the above remedies three times per day. Another home remedy is to take one Alka-Seltzer tablet and dissolve it in two ounces of warm water. Pour directly over the urethral area. One more alternative that may be helpful is to perform an external massage over the bladder area with five drops of lavender essential oil mixed with castor oil for a few minutes. Then apply a gentle heat source over the area. Repeat this three to four times daily. The combination of lavender, castor oil, and warmth may help decrease bladder spasms and pain. I'm sure you have a tried and true strategy of your own. As with many home remedies, however, your experience may vary. In normal times, consult your physician. Preventative medicine plays a large role in decreasing the likelihood of urinary tract infections. Basic hygienic methods such as wiping from front to back after urinating is important for a woman. Also, emptying the bladder right after an episode of sexual intercourse is a wise choice. Wear cotton undergarments to allow better air circulation in areas that might otherwise encourage bacterial or fungal growth. Adequate fluid intake, especially cranberry juice is available, if available, is also a key to flushing out bacteria and other organisms. Lastly, never postpone urinating when you feel a strong urge to go. Off-grid medics may have to deal with gunfights at the OK Corral, but it's how well they handle everyday problems like UTIs that gauges their day-to-day -day contributions to their community. All right, so a uh, good article by uh, Dr. Dr. Bones, Joe Alton over there. There are a couple of, uh, art, uh, couple of pictures here that you might want to uh, check out. And then also, you know, if you have some uh, fish antibiotics, you might want to go. I think that's just a good, if, if you have... Uh, different brands of fish or different versions of fish antibiotics, whatever they might be, going over to their website and doing a search and, uh, you know, looking at, uh, you know, researching that a little bit more. I think that would be uh, a great benefit. And, uh, you know, going back to the PDF uh, article that we just talked about, you can create PDFs out of websites. Um, there are extensions that you can do and different things like that. In fact, uh, on uh, what I love about Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's website is that you can click on the printer-friendly uh, version, and uh, they have it at the bottom of their um, of their articles, and uh, it turns it into a printer-friendly article for you, so that you can print it off or save it as a PDF if you're uh, if you have the computer program to do that. And you should have extensions now that you that should be pretty easy to do. So uh, go check that out over at Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's website, doomandbloom.net. Um, I always recommend their stuff. Uh, we always link to it on Prepper website because it's very valuable. All right, this next and last article is, uh, is a fun one. Um, but it, is, it also has that, um, that, hey, think about this thing, right? Because uh, uh, although it's fun and there's some fun facts and you might be laughing and different things like this, I mean, the article is made to be funny. Um, you, you might have, uh, you might be thinking about, man, you know, uh, I, I'm not prepared in this area, right? So the article is Toilet Paper, Everything You Wanted to Know. It comes to us from modernsurvivalblog.com. And so let's go ahead and read this one. Toilet paper is one of NRP's favorite subjects to discuss and joke about here on MSB. I have been waiting for this day when he finally submitted a guest article about this topic. He is the resident expert on this, so buckle in, here we go. 
But first, a note about the image shown above, which is perhaps the best toilet paper holder ever. At least it is at NRP's house. Hilarious. Guest article by NRP. Okay, you all knew this article was coming, so stop rolling your eyes. Toilet paper statistics. A few facts before we get into the fun stuff, and yes, I'll get into the preparedness concerns in a bit. First and foremost, the average American uses nearly 21,000 sheets of toilet paper a year, roughly the length of 23 football fields. That's per person. So approximately 6,720,000,000,000 or 6.72,000,000,000 sheets per year in the U.S. alone. You see, my 600 rolls of recommended TP for preparedness is nothing. The first recorded use of toilet paper was in 6th century China. By the 14th century, the Chinese government was mass producing it. You, you gotta love the Chinese. Packaged toilet paper wasn't sold in the United States until 1857. Joseph Gaty, the man who introduced packaged TP to the U.S., had his name printed on every sheet. Global toilet paper demand consumes nearly 30,000 trees every day. That's 10 million trees a year. And I didn't realize it was that high, right? 30,000 trees a day. It wasn't until 1935 that a manufacturer was able to promise splinter-free toilet paper. Ouch. 7% of Americans admit to stealing rolls of toilet paper in hotels. Historically, what you use to wipe depends on your income level. In the Middle Ages, they used something called a gonf stick, which was just an actual stick used to scrape. Wealthy Romans used wool soaked in rose water and French royalty used lace. Other things that were used before toilet paper include hay, corn cobs, sticks, stones, sand, moss, hemp, wool, husks, fruit peels, ferns, sponges, seashells, and broken pottery. Ouch. And that's my own ouch there, not in the article, ouch. 70 to 75% 70 of the world still doesn't use toilet paper because it is too expensive or there is not sufficient plumbing. In many Western European countries, bidets are seen as more effective and preferable to toilet paper. The reason it disintegrates so quickly when wet is that the fibers used to make it are very short. There was a toilet paper museum in Wisconsin, the Madison Museum of Bathroom Tissue, but it closed in 2000. The museum once had over 3,000 rolls of teepee from places all over the world, including the Guggenheim, Ellis Island, and Graceland. In 1996, President Clinton passed a toilet paper tax of six cents per roll, which is still in effect today. FYI, that's 268 billion. I'm sorry, 26 billion 880,000. I'm sorry. Let me read that again. 20, 26,880,000,000 in taxes in the past 20 years on TP. Really, America, 26.88 billion on TP taxes in 20 years. If you hang your toilet paper so you can pull it from the bottom, you're considered more intelligent than someone who pulls it from the top. Correct rolling direction from the original TP patent. And so uh, it has. Uh, there's a picture of the patent there. And if you could only take certain necessities to a desert island, when asked what necessities they would bring to a de desert island, 49% of people said toilet paper before food. Haha, ha. gotta love those desert island people. Okay, how about some uses? Number two, had to be said. 
Number one, yep, that too. Facial tissue, removing makeup, covering razor necks as a Kleenex, also known as blowing your nose. Cleaning up after your dog. Wait, train the dog to go outside. Killing, cleaning up bugs. Wrapping, also known as TPing a house, decorating the neighbor's yard, car, office. Stuff your bra. Hmm, uh, that's cheating. Make a temporary bandage. Ever have a bloody nose? Make spit wads if you're a 12 year old boy. That is what I still do that. That's why I still do that. Coffee filter, fire starter when mixed with Vaseline. During Desert Storm, the U.S. Army used toilet paper to camouflage their tanks. On the International Space Station, they still use regular toilet paper, but it has to be sealed in special containers and compressed. You ever grab the end of a roll and pull it hard expecting it to tear off and you end up with six feet of the stuff on the floor? I know I have. Ha ha. And don't lie. You have too. Okay. How about the most popular uh, brands? Or this is the 10 most popular brands. From Amazon, the largest retailer in the world as of this post date. AngelSoft, 48 double rolls. Pack of four with 12 rolls each. Get it here. Cottonella, Ultra Comfort Care, 36 family rolls. Scott's, 1,000 sheets per roll, 27 rolls. Charmin Ultra Strong, Mega Roll, 24 count. Cottonell Clean Care Big Roll 12 Count Quilted Northern Ultra Plush 24 Supreme 92 Plus Regular Rolls Cottonell Clean Care Family Roll 36 Rolls Charmin Ultra Soft Double Roll Toilet Paper 48 Count Charmin Ultra Soft Toilet Paper Bash Bath Tissue Mega Roll 24 Count and the Scott Tube Free Toilet Paper 48 Count most expensive is the Renova 3-ply soft color toilet Lou bathroom tissue paper rolls 6-pack for $16.49 on Amazon. Really? $2.75 for a roll of TP? Some people have way too much money. And for those political hacks out there, Donald Trump toilet paper novelty political gag gift 3-pack $9.99. Barack Obama 8 years flushed away toilet paper 3-pack $8.10. Hillary Clinton toilet paper, novelty political gag gift, three, twelve ninety nine. get it here. Can you see where the country would be headed with Clinton as president, lol. So that's it for the old farts, TP fun, and info, except for a little commentary. Those that follow this blog much know I like to tease and joke quite a bit about TP. The reason I do this is to add a little humor into the prepping of what may come. If someone can laugh a little bit and remember to pick up a little extra of this, and that when they laugh at seeing TP in the store and think of MSB and all of Ken's work convincing and showing people how to prepare for SHTF, well then, that's what it's all about, being prepared for those little mishaps and the biggins when they hit, and they will hit sooner or later. In 1973, Johnny Carson caused a toilet paper shortage. He said as a joke that there was a shortage, which there wasn't, until everyone believed him and ran out to buy up the supply. It took three weeks for some stores to get, get more stock. Are you ready for the great American TP shortage? Do you really want the wife and ladies of the house to run out of TP? NRP. There's 120 comments on this one. Uh, th you know, so there's uh, you know, some fun stuff that people are uh, saying uh, in the comments, and you can go check those out. But something to consider, right? Um, 
because uh, when you when you think about you know that you, you really don't think about you hear people about you know hey I can you know you can use rocks and you can use leaves and you can use that you know on on uh, you know when SHTF but you think about I me mean, usually you're going to the restroom every single day and think about all the materials around you that you'd be using so I had always thought about maybe someone can correct me if if I'm wrong on this one but quite possibly maybe tearing up uh, shirts and old shirts and old old clothes right that no one wears or has holes or whatever rips in there and then you then soak them in a uh, throw them right into after you use them soak them right into a bucket full of water with bleach that you of course you you make up because you have uh, you know the ability to make bleach uh, there uh, stocked up and then you take that and let that soak and and uh, you know whatever you need to do to wash that and then maybe uh, putting them through some kind of uh, boiling treatment or whatever, uh, if that would help to sterilize it a little bit better, I I don't know. So uh, I wonder if that would work. I know that Survival Jane, and you know, I think I linked to her yesterday. Uh, Survival Jane had um, one of those uh, sprayers that you can, you know, you put bug spray in there or uh, you know whatever for, for whatever you might want to use it for. Um, but uh, she used one and cut off the end and uh, did a little bit of a heat treatment to it to kind of bend it over to use it as a bidet to where you could pump, you know, put water in there and then pump it up and then uh, you know create some pressure and then that would help to to uh, to uh, you know do take care of the the business when you were using the restroom because uh, the fact is, is that toilet paper does take up a lot of space. Uh, and then if you don't use it, uh, you know, I've noticed that sometimes, you know, when, when I get a, an older roll, um, it's very fibery. It just kind of seems like it, you know, it could very easily start, uh, you know, it probably is cheaper, cheaper stuff, but it could very easily start to disintegrate. So you have that aspect of, you know, as well. So, you know, that's something that you, you should think about. I mean, with all the other junk that we think about, right, something to uh, to consider. Uh, maybe somebody, you know, somebody will go out and pick up one of those uh, those sprayers, like I mentioned, and uh, modify it in in a way to be able to use it. That might be uh, very helpful there uh, when the poop hits the fan. And there might be, uh, uh, you know, your your daughters and your wives might be very very um, thankful that you have something like that uh, for them if if that was the case. So uh, a little fun article there, but also fun to get you thinking. All right. Hey, I do want to mention um, that Stephen came over to uh, article or to uh, the website and commented on episode 111 about preparedness, and he said that that um, that yesterday's podcast was you know really encouraged him to prepare with all the different, I mean, you know, I guess we had the EMP and then right back to back with the, the preparedness planning and the template and stuff. And so, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure others of you were out there, you know, doing the same thing. It's like, hey, you know, maybe it's time to go ahead and buckle down and start to plan and, and think about that. So thanks for your comment, Stephen. I hope, uh, you know, I know that he said that he, he did get the plans down and did start to go over them with his family. So I uh, hope that that worked out. And, uh, you know, you, you can go from there, build, build from there, you know, as far as uh, your preparedness planning. 
So glad that that worked out. So if you have a comment on anything, you know, whatever it might be, uh, come over to episode 112 or any of the other uh, episodes and, and drop me a line in the comment section. I always appreciate that when someone drops me a line and, and lets me know that they're uh, that they're listening. You know, this last episode has has been pretty popular. Um, I guess the EMP stuff is always popular, but uh, you know, it's just it's been downloaded quite a bit. Um, and so a little bit more aggressively than than uh, others, you know. And so uh, kind of pay attention to that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, come over to the website. Drop me a line in the comments section. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Always love to hear from you. And with that, I'll uh, love to close out by saying choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.